Daytha Ewinakam. Welcome to podcast number 33. We've had another varied week again since I spoke to you last and um, started on Saturday, I think was the, the one that springs to mind. I was quite relaxed. We had a funeral Saturday at Penmount and um, we was there uh, way before time at work getting everything prepared and we had I was on my motorbike and there was about 14 or 15 other motorbikes that were going to were going to escort the hearse to Penmount and um all was well um Neil Arves and Mooner they went on ed to sort everything get everything ready etc and we had a phone call back to say they was at a standstill on the main A30 so days was driving the hearse so I said I think we'll start a bit earlier than we was intending to so at least we'll be ahead of time so that was fine so told all the bikers so off we headed and we just got down to Fradden and we had another phone call days had to call on on her phone so she called me over to say that the A30 was actually blocked I think uh, a lorry had overturned so um it was a quick thinking luckily we were just in the right place i thought right what we can do is take the old road down to through Tresillion um to get to true that way and obviously being the bank holiday weekend the road was busy but um we got down to penmount well spot on time really so um that was good but um it's it's like with funerals you kind of you plan everything you know to the finest detail and then it just takes something like a road accident, you know, or a roadworks or something or other. And um, you have to adapt quickly and sort out which way you're going to get around it. But, um, yeah, that was uh, something that we thought was going to be fairly straightforward. Um, we had to alter plans a little bit, but um, all went well in the end. So then on Sunday, um, we had the boys in the morning, which was good. And in the afternoon, we headed down to Falmouth because uh, Mabon's football team was playing in the County Cup semi-final, playing Charleston on neutral ground. And um, quite tense early on because Charleston went 1-0 up and um, it took us a while to get in our stride. But um, we then equalised and Mabon's usually on the wing, but then she was switched in in the centre for a little bit and she managed to get... A couple of goals, which turned things around a bit. Um, it was still a little bit tight here and there, but they actually won 7-3 in the end, so that was a good afternoon. And then the Monday was Bank Holiday Monday, the 1st of May, and there's only one place to be on that day, and that's down Padster for the Obios celebrations. And this is one of the oldest surviving festivals of this type throughout the whole of the UK. For those of you that don't know, um, there's two asses that go around the town on that day um, on separate routes. You've got the old arse and you've got the blue ribbon arse or the peace arse. Um, and then in the evening, they do end up meeting at the Maypole. You can really sense the anticipation growing, um, well, really after Christmas and New Year, building right up towards May and um, th those last few days all the town folk they um, decorate the maypole and all the streets the flags the bunting and um, there's a lovely um, close community atmosphere down there 
I do like to go down every year and I'll tell you what, when you're approaching the town and you hear the drums and the accordions, um, there's nothing quite like it really. And um, I think one of the, the reasons I love going down is because you you mix in with people you know um, when we've kind of been looking after them when they've been going through sad times and it's nice to see them at happy times. But um I think the a lovely thing as well with the Padstonians is that they never forget those that have gone before and they will always honour them, you make little floral tributes, go to the cemetery, etc. Um but um yeah, I, I went down on my push bike again this time and um you know, I I always end up staying a lot longer than I thought I would because you just see so many people because everyone, they all come back, all the families come back from all over the world and um I see old schoolmates that have perhaps moved away and then uh, they all come back for these few days around May Day. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was brilliant. And I I think it was one of the best May Days um, in a long time. And, you know, speaking to them all down there and they all said the same. What a fantastic day it was. The weather was good. Um, yeah, all, all was good. I did manage to have a, a quick yarn with Tim Tutton, one of my old mates, and... He was the master of ceremonies for the peace offs this year, so um I had a quick yarn with him, but um all was well. Like I said, I cycled down um again this year and I I did a bit of a, a longer route and um tis the first time apart from when we went to Scotland for those few days, first time I've really ridden my bike this year, seeing I've been doing all the running. And I tell you what. By the time I got home, my backside was, well, it resembled a baboon's. Um, it was brave and sore, really. And also, I tell you what, I'm sure they've made that ill going out of Little Petherick a lot steeper than it was last year. Well, that's the way it felt anyway. But that was a good day. And then Tuesday, it was back to work. And we had a, a service that day in Lanidrock um, Church there by the house. And I tell you what, the grounds, they was looking immaculate, fantastic. All the flowers have started to come out. So um, that was me Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, we headed to Plint. So for those of you that don't know, I would say Plint, it must be about four miles away from Lou. And um, we've conducted a few funerals out around that way in the past. Um, We've still got friends out there um, as Beth she was brought up in Lanreth, which is just, I think, about three miles away from Plint. So it is, um, we kind of know the area. And, of course, a lot of you will most probably know that um, Plint, the parish, was the birthplace for Bishop Trelawney. Um, or to give him this full title, the Right Reverend Sir Jonathan Trelawney. And back our way um, in Weybridge, we we do have a little bit of confusion over the spelling. And I do say to my staff, if they spell his name wrong, because quite often we have Trelawney sung at funerals, I say, if you spell his name wrong, it is a sackable offence, because um, his name is spelt without the E before the Y. And, um, of course, I think where the confusion comes in is that we got Trelawney Garden Centre here at Slates Bridge, and that's spelled E-Y. But um, Bishop Trelawney is spelt without the E. So to give you a bit of background for um, those of you that don't know um, really why Bishop Trelawney was so important in Cornish history. And in fact, he was one of seven bishops that was imprisoned in the Tower of London by James II, I think it was 1688. 
And I think this was all down to um, James II. He kind of changed a few policies, which was um, appointing Catholics to high office, etc. And over a couple of years, he brought out a couple of declarations, which um, he said had to be read out in every church. And these seven bishops, they um, protested about this and they set up a petition against the reading. So James, he reacted by um, locking them all up in the Tower of London. So news of this um, did get back to Cornwall and um, there was quite a bit of anger, really. And they thought they would try and raise a, a kind of an army of men to set Trelawney free. But... Um, they were struggling a bit. They reckon they could have most probably only raised about 20,000 because they'd given so much to the Royalists' um, cause in the Civil War. And they were, well, just so depleted. I mean, the Cornish, they'd, they'd overcome the English at Stratton and then they marched on and they captured Taunton, Bridgewater and Bath. And they was also involved in taking a Bristol. But they'd lost so many men especially amongst their leaders and that. And then eventually they did return to Cornwall, but um, they still managed to overcome places like Weymouth, Portland, Biddeford, Barnstable, Exeter and Dartmouth. Um, so basically the Cornish had single-handedly taken over a lot of the rest of the southwest counties. So on the 30th of June, 1688, these bishops, um, they went in front of the bench and they were charged with libel but um, to cheers in Westminster all and all the way back right the way back to Cornwall they were all acquitted and of course this is something that in Cornwall will never be forgotten now as twas made into a song the song of the western men otherwise known as Trelawney which um, the lyrics was written by Robert Stephen Alker so, Orker was actually born in 1803, and then he was ordained as a vicar in 1831, and then he became the vicar of Morwenstow, which is, I think, the most northerly parish here in Cornwall, in 1834. When he arrived there, I think there hadn't been a vicar in the parish for over 100 years, and they reckoned that um, there was smugglers and wreckers everywhere, so um, it was a bit roughy ways, I think, at the time. He was a very compassionate man, actually, because um, I did read once that um, he would actually give proper burials to um, shipwrecked men that had been washed up on the shores of the parish, and whereas before he arrived, um, the bodies were either just left in the sea or just buried on the beaches there. A lot of his parishioners nodded as um, Parson Orker, and um, he was a bit of an eccentric, really. They reckon that um, he wore very bright clothes all the time. In fact, I think the only clothing he wore that was black were his socks. And also he built a small hut out of driftwood, um, which became known as Orker's Hut. And that was up on the cliffs overlooking the Atlantic. And he spent many hours up there writing poems and letters and that. And that is still there today. I think it is the, the smallest property that um, the National Trust um, looks after. But uh, you can actually still see that there today. There are other stories about um, what he got up to. I think they was written in a biography just after he died. And 
well, they don't know if it was true or no, but they reckon at one stage he went around dressed up as a mermaid and also he excommunicated his cat for um, catching mice on Sundays. Now, whether that's true or no, I don't know, but it is a good story. So I had to stop myself for a minute there to think, how the hang did I get onto this? But of course, I twist back to Plint. Yep, so that's uh, <laughs> that's where we were anyway this week on Wednesday. But sorry about that, I've went off totally rambling there, but um, Oakland too boring. But um, yeah, there we are. And then today um, I've seen Kevin Connell. I was talking to Kevin and it reminded me of a story about his uncle, Dennis. And I, I don't know if a lot of you might remember Dennis Connell here in Wadebridge. And he was good friends with father in the St. John Ambulance and that. And I was saying to Kevin that um, I can remember Dennis was one of the few people that um, I've known that have actually been in the back of errors twice. And sadly, the second time it was for his funeral. But he had been in the back of errors lying down once before. And that time he'd actually climbed out. So what happened was it was a funeral we had was Rock St Minverway, I can remember, and um, I hadn't been on long with Father, and back then, I expect you might remember when I was talking about our old hearses in the past, the first one we had was actually a converted estate car, so the whereas the hearses we have now, the coffin is really on show and it looks good, it was set down a little bit, um, so you couldn't actually see the whole of the... Um, the coffin as such, and we had this funeral. I think it might have been somebody from St. John. I'm not too sure. And it was a Saturday funeral, and we were out rocks and Minver, wherever it was. And I remember we was just about to go, and Dennis said to Father, well, I better see if I can get a lift home back to Wade Bridge now. And Father said, well, if you don't mind, he said, we're going back there now. You can lie down in the back. So Dennis was up for that. Yeah, that's no problem at all. So, of course, I'm driving. Father sat beside me and Dennis is lying down in the in the back of the earth. Well, of course, nobody can see him because it, the deck was that little bit lower than the windows. So anyway, all was well until we got to Penny Bryn, which is just as we're coming into Wadebridge there. So Father said, right, Dennis, we're coming back Wadebridge now. So he said, oh, proper, lovely, I'll get out here. And of course, he sat up and he said, he looked at the car following behind and he said the look on their faces to see this chap sit up, gecking at them from the back of the hearse. Well, it is something that we'll never forget. And I say, dear old Dennis, he, we, we just pulled over and he did climb out, but um, I never knew who was following behind, but um, I don't quite know what they thought of it. So there we have it. Um, I say I have rambled a bit tonight. I hope it hasn't been too boring. I do get carried away a bit sometimes. Um, but um, I thought for me Cornish words this week, I thought perhaps I'll do please and thank you. So please in Cornish is Marpleg and thank you is Miraz. So there we go. And I think for me Cornish dialect saying this week, um, I think what it'll be... It's if you're describing somebody that's really thin and you'd look at them and you'd say, go, I've seen more fat on a butcher's pencil. So there we go. I've seen more fat on a butcher's pencil. 
Right, well, I'm going to leave you there now and um, hope you have a good weekend. we got another bank holiday coming up here now with the coronation of the king. So um, hope you have a good weekend and I'll speak to you again next week. Wish you well. Do Guinness and Kernobus Ficken.